Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty College, actually, Mount Marty University in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Rutten. I'm Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And together we are... Rutten, Rutten Radio! Radio. <laughs> oh my god! How we doing, brothers? <laughs> Paul, that's uh, like your... Isn't this I know, like... I'm I just never, love it. I'm never going to get used to the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, not... Every time I think I'm ready for it, I'm not. But that's all right. That's all right. It's good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, we can continue with uh, little news and notes. What's been going on in your lives? What do you, uh, John? You got a I just ball returned. Over here. What do you from the most amazing evening last night? Well, it was about a week ago, uh, but last night, as we're recording this now, I had a 50 yards. I was 50 yards out. From, the, from what? From the green. On you the were seventh, golfing. I was golfing. <laughs> With I was the on Kendalls. the seventh hole, Elmwood Golf Course, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 50 feet out. I pulled out my pitching wedge, went over with hardly a thought, took a nice practice swing, took one more swing, ball connected the club, ball went in hole. It was beautiful. It even had an awesome roll. Like this. Oh, so great. I jumped up and down. I was screaming. And then it was on the seventh hole, which is by the clubhouse. So there was a table full of people that had watched it too. And they were cheering with me. It was so beautiful. So I'm carrying around the ball today. Just, you know, as a little reminder. It just so happens that I knew I was going to be with my twin brother, Joe, who got a hole in one right. at Homewood. And almost, I just... almost like it was a hole in one. Right. Come on. I mean, it was a birdie. It was a birdie. <laughs> I kept trying to figure this out. John's on Facebook, like, like with a ball and picking it up out of the cup, and I'm like, "What is this?" John hit a hole. John hit a birdie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a birdie. Yeah, right? you, no, 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 uh, no. Did you, did you see the like? There was the thing on Facebook where it was. It's all about your perception or your your point of view, and it's the kid jumping up and down with the third place trophy. All excited because yeah, right, he got third. Right. He got third. And go, the first baby. place yeah. guy is like There you depressed. go. Well, congratulations, Father John, yeah. on a beautiful 50-yard chip shot on the number seven at Elmwood. And maybe you're helping birdie. me understand why nobody responded to the Facebook post and mentioned the 50-foot birdie. They're all like, you golf? <laughs> and, then, and then everybody else is like, your sister really looks like a rutten. I'm like... Do but, you but, not see what I just posted? <laughs> like they have all these other responses, except the reason I put it out there. So maybe you're telling me why, because they're right. like, it it's was a birdie, birdie. father. <laughs> so Paul, how are you? It was nice. Good. Uh, yeah, just trying to figure out where the summer went. So, 
Ooh, but, baby. Yeah. Trying to get things organized, ready. Yeah, we just got a few uh, few weeks left here, don't we, Till? Like two. So <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Like COVID is still kind of weird. That's like, I'm like trying to figure out what's this whole thing going to be like once we gear up and school starts and... Let's not even go there. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that uh, needs to be an episode or that needs to be, <laughs> you should have to ref, uh, refine COVID talk to certain parameters in certain places. Yeah. Otherwise, like, you know, so yeah. Paul, what else? I just, actually, <laughs> yeah, here'd, be, here'd be the other one. Uh, almost one year anniversary of being at St. Mary's. Oh, wow. Is this been a year? August 10th, I moved. Wow. Uh, so, when they ripped you from the clutches of Watertown. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, a great. lot has gone in one year. A lot has gone on. I mean, like, you year. think back, you're like, oh my gosh. Well, half gone. of it's been COVID. Yeah. No, that's the other hard part to wrap your mind around. Like, five months. Right. Right, we got so, a new bishop. And we're not talking about COVID. Things. No we're COVID. Like, no, no COVID. No, no all, COVID. Right, all right, all right, all right. So, <laughs> all right. if you're in, our listeners out there, you can interact with us by following us on Rutten Radio Facebook page. Uh, you can also listen to us on the Real Presence affiliate network stations. And do we have a announcement here to make? Like, we yeah. have a. You can uh, soon be able to podcast uh, on iTunes, Spotify, and other. Whatever your mobile, whatever you typically, well, hopefully we use all the ones you typically use. Right. We're still working on it. So Rutten Radio will be coming to you live as a pod, not live, but as a podcast uh, that you'll be able to access. Right now you can access it all on the Real Presence uh, page, app, all that fun stuff. So get the, I listened to Father John this morning on radio. You did. I did. Me too. Miracles happen. (laughs) I I even thought to myself, man, it's been like five minutes and I still haven't turned it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but you can only do that by listening to, uh, by getting the Real Presence app on your phone, or you can do it on the traditional radio with your affiliate stations. But yes, I did listen to Father John this morning. We have a fantastic show, brothers, as we do our movie of the month review and then spend uh, really the rest of the hour talking about themes and insights and ways in which uh, faith, family, and uh the dynamics of living in reality come out through the movie. So this month's movie of the month is the one and only a beautiful day in the neighborhood. All about Fred Rogers. Yeah. Father Paul, can you set the stage for us? Yeah. Give us a little context for our audience. So it's uh, Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers. Uh, it's a timely story of kindness, triumphing over cynicism, it's based on a true story of a real-life friendship between Fred Rogers and the journalist Tom Junid. Uh, after a jaded magazine writer uh, is assigned a profile of Fred Rogers, he overcomes his skepticism, learning about empathy, kindness, and decency from America's most beloved neighbor. Any warnings? Any content? Oh, like for no, once. It's really... Our, yeah, our actual show might have more... Warning. Yeah. <laughs> Our commentary on the movie has got its own. Uh, yeah. No, so, it's it's it is what you would imagine right. from it's Beautiful a PG, Day in the Neighborhood. It's yeah. a PG movie about a PG man. Yeah, uh, a G. A, it's a G movie about a right. G man. Remember right. that when there was actually movies oh, in that was category. There a G category. Yeah, category. yeah. yeah. wasn't right. there? Yeah, right. that's like what yeah. Winnie the Pooh was. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a G category <laughs> yeah. for sure. There's nothing in it that. Um, so. 
initial thoughts or comments as we take a look at a beautiful day in the neighborhood? You know, I, I like the movie again. I think, you know, I, you know enough about it. It's not like a real surprise, like the movie, you kind of can expect it, but I felt like I could sort of relate to, to Tom as he was asking questions and sort of trying to figure out, is this guy for real? Cause I think there's still a part of me like, is Mr. Rogers really like this? Mm. So I felt like every time he was doubting or questioning Mr. Rogers, uh, I was like, yeah, that, I mean, is this like, because I think because so many of our heroes have, have like shown up to being so not your hero that -hmm. it's just hard to really accept that this guy really is who he is. So that'd be my initial. Yeah. My initial thought was uh, similar to that. And that I started looking up the people. Is this journalist real? Oh yeah. Uh, You know, that kind of thing. And I realized, Oh, I, what does it mean that I want to know this is real? And this happened with the last show we did where I was like, I was so surprised and I'm like, oh, this is real. Uh, So that was one thing I was struck by it. But the other thing was the importance that while it was a kid's show, what he was doing was so important for the human person, Mm -hmm. which was to get to the bottom of what your feelings are. And it's not feelings in like a sappy way, but it's like, acknowledging that my humanity contains this part, which is easy to censor. Right. I feel sad. I feel alone. I feel angry. Right. And the beginning opens up with that part about forgiveness. And that really struck me and drew me in because I was thinking, who doesn't have a hard time dealing with forgiveness of people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think he said, he's like, he is having a hard time forgiving the person who hurts him. And I'm like, oh, this isn't for kids. <laughs> right. This is for yeah, Joe. The uh, the whole time, all I could think of was Forrest Gump. Oh, <laughs> don't you hate that? I could not. I'm like Tom. You know, Tom Hanks could have like done a little more maneuvering to get, but I don't know. If I that never would have helped. I, I never. I never went there. Oh, the minute that he started, I was like, oh, no, I that? I didn't. Oh, there was no Forrest Bubba Gump. No nope. Gump. Yeah. But so, ultimately, great movie. Great movie. I don't, well, we'll have to wait to see what we score it, but I don't know if I'd give it my top score um, because I don't think, I think like it, the reason it stood out so much is because there are no movies like this. Like, what do you right. compare that thing to? It's not even a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah. Right. It's maybe in that genre of like healthy. Um, so I just, I, I really thought it was a great movie. I found that it was like a lessons movie where I just learned a sure. lot. And I thought, you know, I can apply this to myself, like John was saying, or I can apply this to my kids as a parent. And yeah. so I started watching the old YouTubes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because oh. <laughs> uh, my two-year-old got up on my lap and started watching one of them with me. And I thought, well, here we go. You know, because they all sing Mr. Uh, uh, Beautiful what is Day it? in the Neighborhood. No, no oh. Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Oh. Right, is the, for the kids. And so it's like, oh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Well, it's Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And so kind of getting back to that. So, yeah, no, we'll see if uh, we can't pick a few things out of it. Insights as we kind of elaborate that we want to kind of dig into. There's a lot that this movie offers to us, as John mentioned, about the human person. And it's not just necessarily for kids, but for as as he even says in the movie itself, for for anybody that's human, uh, deeper insights or themes that you want to kind of dig into. 
The thing that struck me most was Fred Rogers was using this medium to actually accomplish something really true or important in that there was a moment. Okay. So there's a moment where he's in the TV studio and he's setting up the tent and the tent is, doesn't (laughs) set up well. And he's playing it up in a funny way. And the people behind the studio, the cameras are like, what is he doing? You know? And he comes back and do you want to redo that? And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, and he says, it's important that kids understand that even adults, what have a difficult times sometimes with things have a difficulty with things. In that moment, I realized like he is living something different than what the rest of them are all living, but they're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's trying to accomplish a deeper reality, which is to com- communicate to the people watching something and they're working maybe, right. or I don't even want to say that it's just work, but there's something deeper he's doing. And it hit me because I think the same can happen in the church. In the priesthood, I can act like the people behind that TV camera and be doing all of these things. But what I really felt was I want to be Fred Rogers. I want to be proposing something in such a way that it really helps people. And you can see how many times do people say, oh, my gosh, you're like me. You know, or you tell a story about a real journey you took, you know, and your students imagine they're the same way. You tell them a real story about your life. And you're like, oh, well. That's like me. Right. And what we even say it, right? We say it humanizes us, right? Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. the thing that connects us one to the other and makes us realize, oh, we're of the same kind. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting because he does still, after each show, go back to the production side of the set and look at the, mm-hmm. the video shot, mm-hmm. almost like he, he does have to give it his approval. And you do get the sense that... You know, he has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a quality. That's it's not like oh, he just runs a crappy show or oh yeah, just whatever happens happens. No, he wants he wants to do something that's done well. He has to come back, but it's not what he's trying to accomplish is not always like you said. What maybe they're trying to accomplish, and the point that he wanted to convey is in life things don't always go the way you planned, mm-hmm. and the kids need to see that too. They don't get a second take on life. Their, their, their life is their take, and they need to know what do we do when you can't get the tent set up by yourself. Yeah. Well, that's life. And so then he, that type of a thing was even good for me to say, you know what? I tried doing something that was kind of like putting a tent up by myself the other day, and it didn't go so well. And, you know, how did I respond to it? Well, frustration. <laughs> anger mm-hmm. <laughs> you know maybe a few words came out of my mouth in the quiet of my room that shouldn't have mm-hmm. and then you stop and i'm listening to that and i went back to that moment and thought to myself "Ooh, what do i do with this what should i have done with that what can i do with it the next time and then i practiced it on my child i you know ah. he was all frustrated and so then i just went and applied hit Mr. Rogers' methodology to my child wow because he's got anger issues you know yep. my middle kid like it, you know He's got issues. No, like anybody with issues, right? But he's angry. And he, his re- first response is like to pout uh, in an angry manner. And so I'm like, all right, now what do we do with that? It's okay to be angry, right? But yeah. What do we do with that? Mm-hmm. I'm just using Mr. Rogers' methodology on my kids. So it's already helped make me a better parent. And maybe this is the second dynamic that I found with an insight was Mr. Rogers was doing this TV show as something that was also spilling into life 
It wasn't disconnected from life. And I think right. about this like with parents who are on um, sporting events or doing things like there can be a temptation in me sometimes to think, oh, do or don't do these things. Or, But really it's like, how are you approaching these things? Are these things the means with which you're reaching people in a human dynamic and calling people into a certain um, relationship? And the way you got it was the reporter was there to talk about Fred Rogers in the show, but Fred just paid attention to the guy as a human being. Right. And so all of a sudden Fred's in his life. <laughs> Like right. Fred just went right into his life. And what if sports teams and where your kids in the university and where they travel and the things about those, those things, what if those are just means with which we're reaching real people, but you have to know you're after that real people thing to see the moment when Fred goes for the person and leaves the thing that got him there. Does that make sense? Like, okay, now we're at the reporter the, as right. a person. Right. Uh, so and I don't know if he ever saw him as a reporter. You know, that's the other thing is he just te- seems to see people as people. Yeah. Paul, uh, what do you got? Mm-hmm. Um, we're last thing. I think uh, he makes the statement about not forgetting our own childhood or our path um, that we can struggle to see that we are who we are because of all the circumstances of our lives. And this, this real danger, I think, to discount those things I, I thought of two weeks ago, the gospel of the weeds and the wheat, and we want to pull out all the weeds. Uh, and Jesus says, leave them like they're important. They'll get taken care of later. Um, and to see that you can't, you can't eliminate the things that are going to go wrong from someone's life to make their life better. But those things really are important to our life, Mm. but how often we really want to get rid of all those things. Uh, and we say that, right? Like my kid will never have to have, my kid will never have to experience this. I don't ever want my kid to experience or I don't want anyone to ever have to go through what I went through. And yet I am who I am because that was part mm-hmm. of it. And I haven't either reconciled it or, or integrated it or brought right. it in, uh, in that way. Um, right. and then the other thing that he said that was really profound is he said, the thing about a child is appreciated for what he will be, not for what he is. Hmm. Uh, and the real challenge to not like use people, for what they can do, like to not see them as a means to an end in my life or whatever. Um, or once they get this figured out, then they'll have something to offer. But literally we are, we're appreciated really for who we are at this moment. Right. Um, so those are some, yeah, we do that in college often, maybe in education where it's like, we're forming next generation leaders. Right. Oh, really? Right. Next, so that person wouldn't, they got to wait four years and then they're going to, they're not a value like, now. Well, yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, no, they're, we're forming them as leaders now, not tomorrow. Like we're equipping them to be present today in a reality, but there can be that thing that says, you know, we're forming them for the next generation. Well, no, uh, we're forming them to live now that integrated. He talked about integrated Paul. I found it fascinating. Like Fred Rogers might be the most integrated human being next to Leo Larang I've ever met. <laughs> wow. Uh, Leo Larang is the most integrated human being. And by integrated, I mean that his mind, his heart, and his hands are one. Mm. Like what, who he is on the outside, what, what, what you see on the outside is what is going on in the inside. Who's Leo Larang? Uh, yeah, for our listeners out there, that's right. Uh, so Leo Larang is the longtime freshman uh, theology teacher at O'Gorman High School in Sioux Falls. And he's been there since forever, forever. Yeah. Right. Maybe oh, no, 40 not, years. Not quite forever, but, but he's been there for a long a good time. Long time. But he didn't 
he didn't get hired though, right? To teach theology. Right. He started like with athletics yeah. and as a coach <laughs> and teacher like that ended up in theology and really has, has carved out a place where he really is the place for freshman students at O'Gorman high school in Sioux Falls to transition into the high school experience. And he's a very integrated person. Uh, Fred was an integrated person. And where I noticed it was <laughs> when the reporter was asking him a question and the reporter just could not believe that this was really who Fred was. He wanted Fred to be a character, right? That right. this is who the TV character is. And then I'm going to figure out who Fred really is. Right? right. And, and he can't, that dichotomy isn't present. And so he's trying to wrestle around with it. And, and at one point <laughs> he keeps poking at Fred and Fred looks back at him and, and just basically says, um, so tell me about your nose again. Uh, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, like, well, the guy that actually isn't living an integrity life is the reporter, right? right? The reporter's the one that's lying about what he's presenting to Fred. Right. And Fred knows that and eventually kind of calls him out on it. You know, says, well, no, tell me about sliding in a home plate in your nose. Well, no, in this opportunity just to be present in a way that wasn't offensive. Every once in a while, he challenges him. But I just found that if if I could be integrated like Fred, if I could see Fred as a person that I want to live more integrated, um, I think Fred Rogers is a fascinating human being that I never really gave credit. I've right. never watched his shows oh. as a kid. I never watched, even thought about watching the movie when it came out until you guys recommended it. I'm like, oh, it's Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I... I didn't realize who this guy was. Um, fascinating human person. Maybe we would do well to do what the movie did, and that is to say Fred's really a hero, right? He lives He lives a heroic human life. Um, what is it about his message? Or what is his message, maybe, uh, that you took from watching the movie that Fred's trying to convey to the world or to the people he encounters? Yeah, how would we... Uh, look at him in light of sainthood. And I don't mean like, should he be a saint or not? But like, there seems to be a connection. Right. Well, remember his wife has that conversation because uh, Lloyd says, uh, Fred's like a saint. And she said, don't say that. Don't call him a saint. Because if you call him a saint, it's unattainable for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And this real, I think, challenge that we put saints somewhere above everybody else. And, and so then it gives us the excuse to not be like them um, because they're just, they're saints. Like we're not. Uh, and then this idea, she then begins to explain it's something he's been working at. Like it's, it's an intentional desire to be a particular way. Now, I don't know that we really get the whole other part of like the need for grace in the midst of that. But it really is, he is aware of what he wants to be or how he wants to be. Right. And he's willing to do the things that need to be done to dispose himself to that way of being. So he, yeah. he gets up at a certain time, he swims, he does these things, like he, he has these routines that dispose him to a way of life. Um, yeah, the virtuous life yeah. is oh, something that helps him flourish. And it's ordered in a way that it continues to grow stronger and stronger in him. And the other thought that I have, and 
as Catholics, we understood sainthood in a particular way that we're not referring in really to Fred Rogers in a way, like we're saying a saint, she's talking about a saint as in like the perfect person. Perfect, yep. We would say, yeah, that too. And the highest form of that would be somebody canonized, but there's always this. So I have this question with Fred. I'm like, okay, when are we going to find out that there were actually problems? That he wasn't who, that kind of the, hmm. And the, I think that's something worth paying attention to because, and I don't have to deny it or assume that that was the truth. It really can be possible that there really was a real human being that was like this. And in a way, while he wasn't Catholic, this is sort of what happens with us, with this, with the saints, capital S, is, is God gives someone so much grace that you're like, how could this be possible? And in a way, it kind of is like the way the wife wants to say, we don't want to check ourselves out that we are called to something great too, but we are surrounded by people who God's grace has really made exceptional that we might be recreated. And you can see the number of people recreated through Fred Rogers. And then the capital S, like the Roman Catholic Church canonizing a saint, is sort of the way we can say that one, we can be sure there's nothing else. The power of the Holy Spirit assures us of that. Um, but in other people, there may be parts that aren't yet put put together. That's what purgatory is for. <laughs> That's what, but we want to make somebody, like, we want to think they can be. And then when we're scandalized, when there's a little part maybe that we were surprised by. Uh, but the reason we have canonized saints is to say, oh, yeah, the whole thing's checking out. The Spirit and the church is confirmed. Yeah, and, but, and at the same time, not that they didn't make a mistake or do something wrong in their life, but that through God's grace, they were redeemed from those things, you know, because he does get into the whole question about his two children. And Fred alludes to the fact that, well, it wasn't easy for them. Uh, we had challenges. Right. The one has finally just acknowledged that I'm his, <laughs> that he's my, I'm, I'm, I'm his dad. Hmm. Um, and it was a very way of saying, well, they had to work through it. Right. Like they had to come to a, a place where they were okay with, who their dad was. Yeah, so as we wrap up the first half hour here of Rutten Radio uh, for our August edition, and we're reviewing the movie of the month, uh, Something Beautiful in the Neighborhood, the story of Fred Rogers, uh, talking about his message. And, you know, you guys mentioned a number of things, but that idea of, of flourishing, what does it mean for a human to flourish and to live well, uh, that Paul mentioned a routine, you know, there's a routine often that's required that's important. Why? And this is where maybe I'll finish out in the first half hour here, and that is that it develops habits. And we're creatures of habit, for better or for worse, virtue or vice. And that when we develop habits of virtue, it forms a content. It forms the, the character of our being. And this model of virtue is what the church uses to classify saints. They say they were somebody who lived heroically a life of virtue, particularly on a focus on one oftentimes uh, we highlight. So Fred had his own virtue, that is for sure. He is a tremendous human being, and he called all of us to live well. So with that, in the first half hour, we wrap up Rutten Radio here with Father John Rutten, Father Paul Rutten, and myself, Just Joe. What are we going to do on the other half of the hour? We'll uh, take a deeper dive into... Neighborhoods. Neighborhoods. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages.
In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. For centuries, people of faith have considered the social impact of their financial decisions for the purpose of protecting and promoting the worth of every person, a belief that is an integral part of the Catholic Church. At the Barnes & More Group at Morgan Stanley in Sioux Falls, we can provide the connection between faith and investing by customizing and centering portfolios around these principles. Thaddeus Barnes and Andrew Nemore, financial advisors, can be reached at 338-6500 to discuss investing with impact in detail. Investments and services are offered through Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC. The returns on a portfolio consisting primarily of environmental, social, and governments, ESG, aware investments may be lower or higher than a portfolio that is more diversified or where decisions are based solely on investment considerations. Because ESG criteria exclude some investments, investors may not be able to take advantage of the same opportunities or market trends as investors that do not use such criteria. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Sponsored by the Barnes Demore Group Financial Advisors at Morgan Stanley. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And <laughs> we're back to Rutten Radio here on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome. You can catch us on Facebook at Rutten Radio or the Real Presence Network. And uh, we don't really do any other social media follow-up stuff. So, oh. But we do love having you follow us and comment on uh, Facebook. It's a great way. Yeah. Let us know you're out there listening. Give us a shout out, and uh, with that, maybe we should give some shout outs, fellas. You guys got any shout outs you want to you know holler what? at? I think the one that he probably need, doesn't need it necessarily, but it'd be good is Ryan Noonan. He's always wearing our shirt. Oh, I know. Did you All see? All the time. I look, and I'm like, he's on social media, and yeah. he's wearing our shirt. Yeah. So he's always taking us with him. We got to maybe get some more of those. How, would you guys like those? You listen in, in your car, listen in wherever mm. you are. Do you want a swag bag? Do you want a, a shirt? You want? I got my mug here with Rutten Radio. Who's we gonna, used to give some gonna, stuff away. Who's going to pay for it? <laughs> we need a donor. We need a, <laughs> yeah. just kidding. We need no. more. Hey, just hey. Kidding. 
if we'll you, figure it out. Yeah, we'll have to find some right. way. So mine's um, Ryan okay. Noonan. Ryan else? Noonan. Sorry. Yeah, I got a couple of shout outs. Uh, Callie Lean is a totus Tuish missionary this summer. She's from Our Saviors and Brandon. Uh, was uh, met her in GS when I was at St. Lambert and she was put on a flyer. You know, they do this introduction of people to the parish and they ask them, what's your favorite podcast? You know, and they have like lanky guys and you know, all these like cool hip Catholic programs. And Callie lean says, Rutten Radio. <laughs> I was like, wow, we, we made it with Father Mike Schmitz, you know, or whatever. I don't know what the other ones were, but uh, so shout out Callie lean, James Rutten, uh, oh, our cousin yeah. Jim listens every month. He always sends me a message. I'm so grateful for our friendship and the surprising ways. I can't believe we've known each other all these years and we've just started talking about Christ, but I'm so glad that uh, our lives have connected. And then finally, uh, our favorite fan, our self-proclaimed favorite fan, Doreen Canelli, uh, or, um, Oh, now I've heard the last name. <laughs> and this is recorded live. Oh, I can't. That's it's awesome. not, I have down here uh, uh, Kelly, but it's not Kelly. That's not right. Well, I got to figure have it to out. Think about so, something else Doreen and there. then her husband, Jack, uh, are up in Fargo, that's North Dakota. Great. That's great. Well, I'll give a shout out. I'm going to give a couple of Mount Marty shout outs. One, Jamie Rounds. Oh. Um, Jamie moved uh, to Yankton and is in his second year. He'll be starting in our business program as the chair of the business school down there. But Think what two failed, flunked out seminarians can do in this uh, world. No, no, <laughs> so no, no, uh, no. Jamie Rounds and I were in seminary together back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, Jamie went into business and now is teaching with me down at Mount Marty University. And Jason Heron, who's just totally a rock star and spent a week with me. God God bless him. Uh, yeah, you guys had a great trip. For uh, the Black Hills, scouting out some leadership retreats for Mount Marty. So if I can and, make a correction. Yes. Oh, you weren't done. Go well, ahead. No, I was going to give a shout out to Celia Farmer and her oh, husband, yeah. Tim, who are wonderful. And uh, their daughter, Molly, passed away here a couple of years back. Oh, and yeah. so I was wearing her celebration t-shirt this morning today and gave them a call up and said hello. So shout out to Celia Farmer. I love Celia and her family. So that's my shout outs. My correction is Canelli. Oh. Uh, Spell check. Made it Kelly. And then oh. I'm like, oh, that's not Kelly. And then I'm like, wait, what is it? Bell check. Doreen Canelli in Fargo, North Dakota claims she is our favorite fan. Aww. You know who I thought you were going to see? I'm like, well, mom's passed away. So mom she, maybe. is. <laughs> Doreen moved up there. Doreen's amazing. You, really? If you ever met Doreen, you'd like want to have coffee. Hey, speaking of meeting people, who's this Matt Mara guy? Is it well, Matt? maybe we should well, have a show on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah my friend Matt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 rubbing shoulders with, hobnobbing with. With uh, Emmy, well, his yeah, family. he's an Emmy winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah Emmy yeah, winner. Yeah, yeah. His family goes to St. Mary. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Matt. Yeah. Matt's, Matt's parents. Yeah, Great. it is a small world, by the way. I went out walking with my son on a nature trail this morning, and as I'm walking, some guy stops, looks over at me, and says, "Hmm, must be a rutten." Oh, I'm like, "Yep, that's me," you know, <laughs> a rutten, you know, and uh, like. You know, 15 minutes later, it's uh, one of your parishioners, Father Paul. Oh! Um, he was uh, the mail carrier for the oh, St. Yeah, Mary yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. So maybe we'll use that as the transition well, into the theme of the of month. The month, as we take a look at the second half hour of Rutten Radio, where we dive deeper into conversations around our movie of the month, which is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks. Fantastic movie. I'd grade it out as an A minus. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, and maybe we can jump into a little conversation around neighborhoods. 
Yeah, the, I think it is important. Like, you know, your mail carrier, you know, there's, there's a dynamic to where you live that something becomes real to you. And I think our show is a, is an example of this in that all we're doing is talking about our life. And remember, there was some, some question about whether this would be relevant to a regional audience. And I don't know, you guys can tell us if you're from North Dakota and Minnesota and Iowa, and you didn't grow up in the North end of Sioux Falls, maybe our show is totally boring. And actually you aren't <laughs> listening to this anymore because you never, it didn't mean anything to you. But I would propose that actually, when you talk about something local and something human, it translates because everybody then has the ability to see what it is that they're living. And the North End of Sioux Falls was a neighborhood in which you you knew different facets and dynamics and houses and people. Just this morning, I was telling some people uh, about my awesome golf shot at the country club. And I wasn't at the country club, though. I said, somebody asked me where I was, and I said, uh, something about the North End Country Club, and they didn't know what I was talking about. Oh yes! And then somebody in the, an office down the way started laughing, and I heard right. it. And so, so then they didn't know what I was talking about. And I said, "Well, the North End Country Club is Ken's Corner, right?" Well, what's Ken's Corner? Ken's Corner is the little gas station from an eon ago where you drove up and you could get on the left side of the pump or the right side of the pump. And Ken Vanderlinde literally came out and filled up your gas. You didn't even get out of the car. And then he had a little service station and you could get the pop bottles with those old like Coke glass machines that you open the door. Uh, and then after that generation passed, it became the local pub hangout. So there were video lottery machines and lots of people drinking Bud Light cans. <laughs> and that's why it was the country club, because any other place you'd be drinking Bush Light. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that fascinated me is this person in the office knows Dan and Mary Joe Gallagher. Adrian knows Dan and Mary Joe Gallagher, and we've been working together on something at the parish, and she has been living this life with Dan and Mary Joe Gallagher, and they've been talking about when our parents met them and then helped them get the house in Sioux Falls and moved into it, and they fixed it up, and they, they've said this numerous times. That house was owned by Ken Vanderlinde. It was next door to Ken's Corner. Club. And so Adrian is like this life that she's living. It's not just about a neighborhood. It's about the life and the context of it that you see everything has an importance with where you're at and to pay attention and invest in where you live. So a sense of place, a sense of, you know, it creates a sense of belonging. Um, and I find that for me, neighborhood is about relationships um, is the thing that, I wonder more and more, like, I don't live in a neighborhood like I grew up in. Can I create that? What are the fundamental mm -hmm. things that existed within my previous neighborhood? I'm not going to get my garage. I'm not going to get alleyways in my neighborhood. No. Um, so that's out. I can't walk through the alleyways, which is nostalgic. And is that what made my neighborhood? Um, I'm not going to get a local cor corner grocery store. Uh, although I do have kind of close BMG well, and fairway. scooters, and fairway? I just got yes fairway, and I just got maybe within a, 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 a short Stenslin. car drive, Stenslin, and the the cream of the crop. I just got a uh, Flyboy donut in the neighborhood. What? Where? Yes, yes. On oh, right down Street. Sycamore. Ooh, baby. 
Uh-oh. So now uh, on my boys' feast days, we go get donuts. Yeah. So now I don't have to drive all the way down to 10th Street to get my flyboy so, donuts. I think this is important for you to see. All of a sudden, I see your neighborhood is not suburbia. Right. But it's because of the relationship between you and your boys and the things that are there. Right. We now actually have things there. You know, So it's like, in a sense, is that the neighborhood, though? Or was it always the neighborhood? I just... I'm fun. Uh, what makes a neighborhood sure. a neighborhood? I guess the one thing that I think about the, the danger that I see in, in most of ours. And the one question I would ask is, do you know anyone that works at those places? Like this is the problem. It's all disconnected. So I live one place. I work one place. I go to school one place. I go to church one place and they're not integrated in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, is the neighbor girl working at B and G uh, or even if she doesn't live in your neighborhood, do I actually get to know them by name? So they become people who I then, they know me, I know them. Sort of like when we went to looks for supper. Like if I am not like, <laughs> like known by those people, like, and they know me, I know them. Like we don't live in the same neighborhood per se, but there is this, I want to know you. I mean, I know about Sam's dad. I know, you know, the family, all those things. So what I think is this integration question, like, do we live integrated? Uh, you know, or do we live sort of separate? Uh, and, and I think what makes a neighborhood is an integration of some sort. Yeah. And, and how that comes about, my proposal would be you begin with what's closest to you and you remain open. So you begin your, with your relationship with you and Leo. And as you live that relationship, it takes you to Flyboy Donuts. And you, and and this is, and then, and then it grows out and you maybe meet someone there and then you end up, so we live in a city of 180,000 people in a metro area of probably 250,000 people. And we can go to looks meat market, which is the place you can go for dinner and walk in there. And the guy says, Hey father. Now, does he really know me? Yeah, he kind of knows me. Went to school together and thought, but then Father Paul walks in and he's like, oh, Father, and like, you have a real relationship with him. But because they had a real relationship, he could open that up to me. Now, I could close myself off mm-hmm. and I could just keep walking. And it was attention in me to be like open and just, and so you just remain open a little bit. Well, I don't have to like have a 20 hour conversation with him, but I can be open just a little bit that when I see him again the next time, there's something more you can grow from. So it begins with something that's already present and it just is an openness. And I think about how we learned this. I think we learned about it from mom and dad. Mom and dad were open in a way, but they were different. So it's not like finding the own way. Mom was open to every single person who came because her family was that way. Her mother never closed her door on anyone. Even the bums on the train downtown knew they could come up the hill and find a place there. Um, Mom always was open, but dad was open too in a different way. Dad always called every person at the checkout by their first name. He wanted a real relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Susie. I appreciate your help, Brian. Always. Did you ever notice that? Oh, I know. Yeah. So there was a, so different, but there was an openness to, to like make it a real flourishing and it became a neighborhood. And in a neighborhood, um, do you have to have shared values? 
Do you have to have shared what 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 is it that unites people in the neighborhood? What was it that united Fred? Fred seemed to think everybody was his neighbor. What there, unites us? There's something inside the human person that everyone shares. And what what do you think that is? Um, I was reading something the other day, and it was from an atheist, I believe, and he said he couldn't squelch the fact that inside himself, he just wanted to be liked. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> I think that's one thing. I don't think your right. neighbors from uh, Somalia are any different. I think they have that in them, too. Um, a desire to be known, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Karini parishioners at St. Lambert, I found out they're exactly the same. A love for music. All right, so there's a common humanity that we share. Uh, I had uh, a mentor, Tom Larang, show up at my house the other day. And, you know, he was like, wow, this is a nice neighborhood. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this is my neighborhood, right? And then, you know, ah. then I started telling him about it, right? You're, you know, we got a creek in back, and, you know, it goes out to Highway 11, you know, sort of explaining, you know, how the thing works. And it was, I described, you know, the layout, how the streets work, and that determines how the cars flow. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's an aspect to, to neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, it was an enclosed circle, this and that. And then, you know, and then I said, and the best part is my neighbors. Now, it does challenge me because I don't know all of my neighbors in the same way that I, to some degree, did growing up. Um, because we don't all go to school together, right? There's something that we lack, you know, mm, very right. this in integrated aspect, right? You either went to church or you went to school with your neighbors when we grew up, right? North End, Sioux Falls. Or worked at Sunshine. Or worked, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You worked together, right? There was yeah. something common that you lived together in relationship to one another that built the opportunity for you to call each other by name. And not in a way where you just walked in and saw in their name tag that it was Sally and you called him Sally. But no, you know Sally because she lives down the street and you also... Uh, work at the swimming pool with her or something. Um, and so it just kind of, it, it just got me thinking a little bit more about my neighbors. And I have a diverse, for me, you know, kind of, I don't know if I call it, I live out by Harmon on baseball field. It's not suburban. Well, maybe it's suburban. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, suburban. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but, you know, I have a Sudanese two house, neighbor sure. two houses down. I have a, um, what's the, uh, Syria, Bosnian, two, right across the street. I've got Hispanic lady, two houses, the other, like we have very diverse neighborhood for me. Mm -hmm. By the way, Sioux Falls is very diverse if we didn't oh, yeah. know, and it's not, there's upward mobility too. And as I looked, but, but I don't share anything with them. I don't, I mean, I get my mail with them. So I have that interaction. I know their first names for sure. Uh, but I don't have a picnic with them once a year. I don't have a hot dog. I don't barbecue with them. The one across the street I used to drink with a little bit, but then I decided that I needed to stop drinking. <laughs> not with them quite as much, but uh, but even that just stopped and said, "Well, I used to hang out with him and and share something with him, and I learned about his culture and and he smokes his own meats in a way that's very traditional to to his his native lands." And I just thought, you know, I'm missing something. I have a neighborhood, I like it, but I'm missing something common that I share with my neighbors that 
I almost need to create a place where I come into relationship with them, a hot dog feed once a year or something where you can actually say hello and get to know each other. Do you have anything like that, Father Paul, in the St. Mary neighborhood where it is people a, get together? It's a neighborhood. No, it really is. It's I'm spoiled. Uh, St. Mary's is the neighborhood. Uh, we're the only church in the neighborhood. We have a school. There's public schools too, but we have a school. There's a park. Uh, it's all connected. Everyone, uh, there's generations. Uh, people have lived there forever. There's new people uh, there's big homes, small homes, really nice homes, rental homes. There's there's all of that in the midst of it all. Uh, and so there is a connection, but it doesn't just ha- happen. You have to really work at it. And I do think one of the things that I've tried to really do is to embrace the sort of the gift, the ease with which the priest can be a part of a neighborhood. So I go for walks all over the neighborhood. I'm like all over the neighborhood. I am out and about as much as I can because I think it's important. I think it's important. I want to know where people live. I want to see people. I want them to see me. I want this idea to break down these barriers so that they're not just, I see them on Sunday, but I don't know where they live. Like I'm always saying, well, where do you live? Like I want to know where you live. So the other day I went to bless a house as they were selling it. They're like, this is probably the first time you've ever blessed a house people are selling uh, Cause I never got around to blessing it while they had it <laughs> mm. um, dressed in my clerics. And then I, so I walked home and as I'm walking home, I, this guy opens his door and he's like, are you father Paul? And I'm like, yeah, I'm father Paul. And out comes five little kids just like blah, 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 from Watertown. Mm. So this guy moved into this house, doesn't know me at all, but, but the, the kids know who I am. I come out and I, he said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I just blessed house. Oh, you should bless my house. Mm. So I went in and blessed his house, like went in and blessed his house, like had this great conversation, moved here from Denver, you know, all these things like, uh, and I'm like, now I know who lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like a risk for him because he's not Catholic, but he sees me and he wants to know. And so I think for me, like that ability as a priest to become the, the sort of the, the conversation or become the the drawing point or the the thing that brings people together in the like ended up having a beer talking to all these people like it was like 45 minutes like on my way home uh in in that ability but if I would have just been walking and not dressed like a priest right it wouldn't have happened so I do know that there is something about that that I have to I have to go out though like I can't sit at St. Mary's and wait for people to come in. Like I have to go out. Now I can go out in shorts and a t-shirt too. And the people that know me, know me. Uh, but there is something about just walking through the neighborhood uh, and and then stopping. Well, this is one of the blessings of COVID. It kind of tailed off here recently, but in the first months, people were all over. I think in South Dakota, we've gone back to work a lot. But the initial March, back into March, April, I mean, there are people I'd never seen before in my neighborhood out walking, you know, whole families, generations, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've very much gotten to be an indoor culture. We are in our cars. We drive everywhere. Remember living in Rome where all of a sudden you come back and you're like, wow, nobody ever walks in Sioux Falls, ever. (laughs) Like you walk a block and it's like, that's it. You're driving everything else, right? And so we're in our cars, we pull into our garage often. Many of us have garages that we just pull in and we can shut the garage door. We go inside and that's it. I've not, I, there are lots of neighbors I have that I've never even seen them. Yep. Because 
there's <laughs> they're inside. And that idea that says, how can we be present to people? Um, well, one way is to go for walks and to to intentionally like be Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers didn't a- end up himself by accident. He chose. Mm-hmm. He chose to become the person that he he became. He 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 looked and he said, "This is who I want to become," and he would choose it. And maybe that for those out there listening, you're listening to Rutten Radio here and uh, the Real Presence Network as we examine Fred Rogers and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We're talking about what creates a neighborhood, right? And and this integrated living and these different elements. Uh, fundamentally, it has to be a choice. I think. Father Paul, you said it, right? That you can't just, it doesn't just happen by right. accident. And maybe, John, your insight into saying begin closest to home, right? That with your family, yeah, using and the, it as an opportunity to create a neighborhood. And I think the same dynamic in the family moves out. Uh, if If I have kids that are sort of stuck in their phones, I can complain about the phones, I can take the phones away, or I can realize maybe there is maybe I'm missing proposing something that's actually fascinating. Maybe, maybe their introvertedness is a sign to me to live something more alive. Okay. Um, and now I don't have children. Raising kids is not easy as a pastor. I wish there was a magic pill. So I'm saying this with some ten, you know, tenderness on everybody's part, but really I have gone to uh, um, church events for a week where kids weren't on their phone, but they all had them. Because there was something that was so fascinating being lived among them that they didn't care. That wasn't, you know, they took them to take pictures or whatever. Um, and I think in the neighborhood, the same thing can happen. Uh, uh, what is my disposition before these people? And a lot of times, like, can I go sort of unarmed without plans to convert them? Or like, my job is to like make our neighborhood integrated again. No, what do I, what am I looking for? I want to be in connection with people. So here's some people, try and connect, see what happens. And really learning to take a position that maybe the place to begin is something different, uh, a beer, a conversation. I love the fact that you said the guy wasn't Catholic, you know? Well, so now, now, my mentality can suddenly be like, oh, I got to get him Catholic, <laughs> you know? Well, like, I, like, let's just take a moment, you know? Right. Maybe the way that that could happen is different if I just would live my life in such a way that he would be attracted to what I have and be like, wow, that Catholic thing really is fascinating. It really is a part of you. Um, and so just the, the, I think how we approach people, not like I'm here to do something to you or you have to become someone different than you are, but to live away and maybe a barbecue, a street, you know, Churchill Lane in Sioux Falls at St. Lambert, a couple of neighbors started having hot dogs together outside on their lawn. And then it turned into three neighbors and then it turned into five neighbors. And then now they're blocking off the street. Mm -hmm. And it was started from some Catholic families, but it moved out. Everybody wants to be a part of this and nobody has to be like, Hey, now's the time. Make sure you block off the calendar. I hope you come. Oh, I hope everybody comes. No, everybody's, I don't care if you come or not. I'm not missing it. (laughs) So how can we live those things where people say, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating because at the same time, then you kind of start getting into that. uh, I'm in charge and I'm going to manage and control this and I'm going to, you know, orchestrate. And it's like, ooh, wait a minute. I got to depend upon God and, and Christ and his grace and just ask Christ to be present, to live within my heart and uh, help me to be integrated mm-hmm. in mind and body and in hands and actions. Um, help 
and then follow Mother Teresa's advice. And if you want to change the world, go home and love your family and to love my children and the imagination of Fred Rogers and the curiosity that he creates about other people. Right. May we uh, follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and be more curious about others, about the people that live around us, that we might call them neighbors. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Well, we like to end our show here with the family prayer. If uh, I think we've come to that time. So this is our August edition of Rutten Radio. And As in September, we're going to be reviewing the movie Lord of the Rings. Check it out in the name of the Father, Father the, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our, Our Father, we, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. 
we will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu.